to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we have- There's a reason why I just did that. that thing. Local knowledge is translated in there and it's never forgotten. We started to really identify areas that we can improve in our company. So I want to introduce this to the listeners and then make it. Welcome to the Contact Center Cactus Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Malvin, and uh, we're back here. If you notice, I've got the same suit on again because we're in part two. Uh, I don't go home and change. We just come back and, and uh, do the next episode. So I've got Jackie Lord here from Culture Index, who is the executive advisor that works with us and many other businesses in the Phoenix area, uh, helping implement Culture Index. So thank you for joining me again here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we t- the last episode we talked and dug into Culture Index and kind of introduced it to uh, our audience here. And uh, we started talking about some of the areas that could help. And so today I wanted to get more into a conversation around AI. And, uh, you know, it's 2023. Uh, I think since the very beginning of the year, ChatGPT has just been in the headlines Mm -hmm. constantly. And I... I don't think there's a day that goes by where someone isn't mentioning it to me. Hey, have you looked at ChatGPT? Have you heard of this or that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and for you guys that are trying to give me advice, we are using it in our company uh, with some clients. So, uh, so stop suggesting it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, AI. You know, there's a lot of uh, like excitement, concern. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to change the world. Uh, I, the debate I hear a lot is, you know, when why hold back technology? Otherwise, we'd be still plowing horses, you know, fields with horses and doing everything. You know, all the advancement that's happened in farming has helped get us to where we are today. You know, how do we usher in this new, new world if we don't hold, if we hold back technology like AI? So, which is again exciting, but then scary for the people that are doing the jobs that it could possibly replace, uh, like call center jobs. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I want to jump into that. You know, because culture index is really designed to help people make people decisions and and around people it definitely will not help you with your ai it's not going to tell you what's the right bot to install into your company uh and so yeah what do you what are your thoughts on this as someone that helps implement culture index into companies and uh and they're trying to be the evangelist for culture index and then meanwhile you've got this competing force that's saying take the people out put these bots in yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, AI is a real thing in reducing the people in the workforce. Um, I think it's going to be interesting as we start to navigate this era. Um, I will tell you, um, yes, we may not be hiring as much. Yes, we may reduce your payroll expenses. Yes, we may um, have right a completely different war on talent with, with the workforce that's out there. What is going to happen, I strongly believe, is that the importance of infusing human back into businesses is going to even double. It's going to double down. And the reason why is because we are still humans and we are still people operating inside a business. Um, some, of the, some of the work is going to be automated, right? But the importance of the people that are there and what is left, um, especially um, which is really an interesting juxtaposition of kind of the mental health crisis um, mm-hmm. we are in post-COVID. So we are in a position where the human and the people element is going to be even more important to get right as part of the equation. Mm-hmm. I strongly, strongly believe that as we navigate into this AI world. All right. So you touched on mental health, uh, which I think is interesting because that is something that I wanted to talk about and, uh, and, and talking about the people that's so important. So 
One of the things that I noticed too that, you know, and you come from Amazon, uh, or as part of your background, but I'm seeing this push to make humans like extremely efficient. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're all about data. I feel like certain companies like want to get 100% efficiency out of people and they're, they're people. Like you need breaks, you need, you need time to think. You cannot be, I don't feel like a human can think critically eight hours straight, like you need mental rest somewhere in there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so with this push of AI, you know, getting more into the workplace and then, um, I don't know, where do you see that going with uh, the, the push to make people, like, make people more efficient? So you got the people that are still there because there's, you still need them, but then now you're, you're turning them into bots. <laughs> Absolutely. So that is twofold in my mind. Number one, how do we make people more efficient? That actually comes back to the foundation of getting the right person in the right seat. Mm -hmm. Right? They, you actually don't need to hold people accountable if they're aligned with the work that they're doing and they're being communicated to and led properly. So really, it starts with how do you make someone more efficient? Well, let's check and see if they're having a complete out-of-body experience to be there, right? So let's at least get the right person in the right seat. From there, right, we're talking about this human aspect into business. We still need community. We still need culture. It's going to be even more important with this automation um, and AI world we're, we're walking into. Um, the mental health, I just read an article the other day. It says... Due to the mental health challenges, um, the average employee is reporting five less hours of productivity a week. That's huge. Right? This, is a, this is a real thing that leaders, companies, businesses need to address and need to understand. So understanding their people, understanding if they're, if they're um, aligned for the role, understanding if they're checked out, understanding if they're stressed or burnt out is going to be of the utmost importance because the people you do have the, the leaders need to take care of them, right? This isn't about being in charge. This is about taking care of the people in your charge. And if you don't have the data and the information, not only on yourself, on mm -hmm. self-awareness as a leader, but also on your employees, then it's really just a guessing game and a, and a, and a flip of a coin. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting you talk about yourself as a leader. And a lot of, I think a lot of people they don't that you're working with, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're probably not thinking about themselves necessarily initially. They're like, this is for my team, this is for my company. And they're not thinking about like, oh wow, there's a lot of stuff I can learn about myself. Have, how many times have you seen a leader like ha go through some journey of self-discovery with you once they start, you start uncovering this stuff for them? 100% <laughs> of my leaders and managers that I've onboarded over the past two years, I'd say over a thousand leaders and managers go through a complete process of self-discovery and self-awareness. Right, understanding their tendencies, understanding that you know they are only um, ninety-five percent of the world will not operate like them. So how do you navigate that? How do you understand someone's compliments? How do you understand your own weakness? It's a little bit of a of a reality check. It's a little bit of self-awareness. It's also kind of a beautiful process of <laughs> understanding um, what is that superpower and magic you bring to the business, you bring to the world, you bring to your employees, and then how do you complement um, um, the offset? Uh, so, um, as part of my onboarding process, I spend two days with my leaders and managers, and most of the time, over 90% of the time together, I am harping on self-awareness, right? That is where we get to infusing humans back in. This is how we increase leadership effectiveness, is starting with the leader and their behavior and their tendencies. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, for, for me, I mean, it shifted the way I think about things mm -hmm. and the way I think about our people because 
now like it's part of the language I talk about. I'm like, you guys, like we want you to be yourself. We don't want you to hold back. And you know, we're not just talking about that in the workplace, but like in life. And it's interesting. I've gone through uh, going through those the, the culture index results with some staff, and I've seen it myself with my, some of my leaders, where they're like, "Wow, I did not know this about me. I've been holding that back this whole time." And I'm like, "No, don't hold it back. Don't like that's who you are. Like, sh share it with the world." And you know, there's maybe some good and bad that comes with that sometimes, but. Like we need people, I think the bad is really when people are holding themselves back and then you see the, the stress, you see the, you know, the, your, your famous phrase that I hear people say all the time, that out of body experience and um, which I'm starting to hear people in our company starting to repeat that now, which is kind of funny. Uh, our culture director, uh, Keisha, who's, uh, I, I don't know, it could be on a previous episode or a future episode depending on where this lands, but uh, she did a whole talk uh, in our company just recently about that whole experience of uh, so we did an exercise where you have to write your name a couple times with your your dominant hand and then your non-dominant hand and that whole experience is like opened it's interesting uh, Keisha's like I realized my whole like life I've been writing differently and now she's like it's just like this representative of this whole thing in her life and she's one she's the very first person I hired she turned it into a talk in her company already and uh, so it's kind of interesting that the Ripple effects, like not only because uh, you know we talk, we're talking about business here, but mm -hmm. we're, it also has an impact outside of work. This and is absolutely a personal journey. Yeah, it starts with in individual humans. That's why I kind of take a little bit of a different approach. This is a personal journey, and we all come together to build a business, create impact, and then right grow revenue and profit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know we're out there with our core values and trying to find businesses that align to that because some. There's businesses, obviously, that are not a good fit for culture index. Like, they don't care about culture. They don't care about people. And I don't know if you ever come across that where you're trying to, to work with them and they're just not implementing anything because they're like, no, this isn't what we do. And I, I don't know. Do you ever see anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a couple things. Um, are they in enough pain? Right? Are they in enough pain with people challenges, with their own, wearing too many hats, too stressed out? Are they understanding what the actual core issue is, right? If you have a cash flow problem, we actually have to look at hardwired behavior of the people driving and impacting that cash flow. So really understanding the source. Some folks are so um, overwhelmed, they don't know where to start. And then also mm -hmm. some people are hardwired to um, take, this, uh, take this program and really drive it into a business, right? So we're dealing with a multifaceted approach here. Um, but really the folks that want to get their people engaged and aligned, and as a result, the business grows um, indirectly. That's really the leaders who care about their people, who are taking the responsibility as a leader, and who are working on their own self-awareness to drive. Um, really, it's, it's about employee engagement. It's about making sure your employees are happy and checked in. It is the single most important thing. Um, one of my favorite quotes from John Mackey, who's the founder of um, Whole Foods Market, mm -hmm. he says, you have a moral obligation to make sure your employees enjoy coming to work every single morning. Uh, pretty profound. And so to really have that type of mentality and to really have that amount of passion for ensuring the, pe the employees that make up your business, the employees right, that are even more important than your, than your customers, um, are happy and engaged and kind of right look forward to coming to work in the morning. 
Yeah, and you know, I remember that quote. I think I wrote it down when I heard it because I was like, ooh, because that, that hits home when you're the the, the leader mm-hmm. of hundreds of people because you're like, that's that's on me. It is. I've got to make sure that we're doing that all the time, and it's a big goal to, to have out there because I don't think – I don't think there's a lot of business leaders that look at that as their responsibility. They're looking at maybe I've got to drive profit, I've got to drive growth. And I think from for me, like from day one, it's always been about people. And so I think that's why this was just such a perfect fit. And I think it could really accelerate where we're going. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that, you know, it really comes down to the kind of business, like what's their focus, right? Exactly. What's their core values? What's the leader, right? It all starts with the leader and the leadership team. Yeah. And if you had to predict the businesses in like 10 years from now, like the ones that are using culture index versus the ones that are not thinking about people, they're like focus on profit and all that. Where would you say the ones are gonna end up? I mean, I guess that's a biased question. You're gonna, of course, say culture index. <laughs> culture index 100%. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, well, where do you see culture index heading over the next five to 10 years? Because data is getting crazier, crazier, and uh, we're, we're able to make better decisions. Uh, and I don't know, I'm excited to see where Culture Index can help us out with that too. Exactly. Um, Culture Index has grown 40% every single year, year over mm. year for the last three years during the world pandemic. So the need to get this right, the need to take care of people, the need to grow businesses from a data perspective on people, right? This is our whole our whole world is data driven but yet we don't use any data to make people decisions mm-hmm. so the need for this and getting this right and the people that we do have they're not automated by ai um ai roles uh the need to get this right is even more important you know why would we not have data on people what would be the downfall right this is to understand how we make sure they like coming to work in the morning how do we make sure the value that they bring to this world aligns with the value that it can bring to PacBiz, can bring to any business. So it's really about getting that data. It's a it's a different form of data. Just like you look at your your PL and just like you look at your balance sheet every single day and your KPI reports, this is another piece of data, which is actually the most important piece of the data. Yeah. And for me as a sports person, I know we both connect on the basketball. Like I mean there's so many stats in basketball. Like so many ways you could drill down the efficiency of an athlete. And I feel like you've got a tool that can help you get and kind of get like that for your own business, which is pretty amazing. Absolutely. Uh, being, a, being also that sports fanatic uh, with you, uh, this, this program has often been termed uh, Moneyball for CEOs. How do you win that World Series with, with the right people in the right seats, making sure you have all A players on the team instead of twice as many B and C players um, really, really depleting that payroll, depleting your budget. So, how do we really moneyball this to get that ideal team from a data perspective? Yeah, and I don't know. We could probably go all day with sports analogies, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, you're building a team on a, on a sports team. How many times you're complaining on the couch, like, why is this person on the team? Why do they trade for this person? Like, this should this coach is horrible. They shouldn't be on the team. And then. You know, we go back to our own businesses and we tolerate like this horrible behavior from someone that if you saw them on that basketball team, you're like, why are they here? They need to be fired. Like, <laughs> yeah. Almost every single business I work with or walk into, the leadership team is settling for good. They are settling for mediocrity. They are um, really settling for below, below great performance. 
right? And it's because we're all used to BNC players. We're all used to mediocrity. I tell people they don't even know how impactful if you had an A player in this position, what would the business would even look like? It is right. They don't know what yeah. they don't know at that point, right? What do they say? The the the, the worst enemy of, of great is good, right? Mm -hmm. So. It's really me having to educate and change the perspective on, hey, we're good. Now you are growing your business. Let's get to great. Let's get your employees checked in. Let's get A players on the team. Let's rock and roll. Let's grow this business. Yeah, awesome. Well, I think that's a, a great way to end this episode in the two-part series. So, uh, Jackie, I want to thank you get, uh, for being a guest on. Thank and for, you. Uh, for sharing some of your wisdom with uh, about Culture Index with our listeners. and. Uh, if people wanted to learn more, because I think you're not limited to working with people in Arizona. Do you have any clients outside of Arizona? Yeah, I've got clients um, actually across the globe. I've got clients in Canada um, and really all over the United States. I do have a significant amount in Arizona as well. Cool. So if people want to learn more or get a hold of you, uh, how do they get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can go on to cultureindex.com and request um, a, a kind of free diagnostic or or look into their team and just reference my name, Jackie Lord. All right, perfect. And we'll get some information in the show notes so you can connect directly. Uh, but thank you again for being a guest, and uh, and I really appreciate it. And uh, catch us next time. We've got more episodes. We're talking about call centers, uh, outsourcing, managing call centers, and how you can help grow your business. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.